Hey guys, this is Pastor Josh from Fresh Church. We are so excited that you are joining us for our podcast today. I do want to tell you that we pray at Fresh Church that you would get involved in the local church in your city. The Bible says that those that plant themselves in the house of the Lord will flourish. And a podcast and an online experience, a YouTube uh, sermon is amazing, but it does not replace the local church, the hope of the world, the community, the family that God has placed all of us in. And so we hope you find that and we hope you enjoy this message today. Hey, Fresh Church, I'm so excited that you guys are here today. A couple of weeks ago, we were all going to the pool and we were trying to find Landry's goggles. And Landry was so upset because we could not find his goggles. And we always tell him, if you're going to swim this summer and if you're going to wear your goggles, then you've got to be the one that keeps up with your goggles. But as we all know, seven-year-olds can lose stuff very, very quickly, right? And so um, we're searching the car. We're like, is it in my bag? It was in this bag. I know it was there, Dad. I know it was here, Dad. I can't find them anywhere. And, and, and just this whole entire meltdown. Well, I don't even want to go to the pool if I can't find my goggles because it was that important to him that he found his goggles. Now, eventually, we went to the pool. He borrowed Brooks's goggles, and, uh, and, and Brooks saved the day by letting Landry have a pair of goggles. And a couple days later, we ended up finding the goggles. But he was so distraught about not being able to find one little pair of goggles. It was going to totally ruin his experience at the pool that day if he wasn't able to find these goggles. And I, I wonder how many of us would get so upset if we couldn't find our phones. For a moment, you know that time when you're like, where's my phone? And you freak out and you were searching your house for your phone because it is that important. But what about somebody's soul? What about that person that you know is lost? Is out in the wilderness all alone, out in the wilderness of life, out in the wilderness of depression, out in the wilderness of anxiety, out in the, 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 the wilderness of, of sin, and, and yet we are not doing anything about it. It doesn't freak us out. It, it doesn't change our mood. It doesn't change our day. Jesus, in, in Luke chapter 15, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be studying in Luke chapter 15 to close out summer Bible study. And I'm so excited about us just diving into this passage because Luke chapter 15 is some of the most beautiful stories ever written. And it's straight from the heart of the Father and Jesus himself. If there was ever one chapter of the Bible that God would say, this is my heart, it's Luke chapter 15. This is what it says starting out in Luke chapter 15. It says, many dishonest tax collectors and other notorious sinners often gathered around to listen to Jesus as Jesus taught the people. And isn't it great that people that were far from God, that were not considered religious, like loved to hang out with Jesus. And isn't it great that Jesus didn't push them aside and be like, hey, no, like y'all are sinners, right? I, I love the fact that, that, that the writer here says many notorious sinners, many dishonest people. I wonder if you were to think about your friend group, it, would it include some dishonest people? 
would include some notorious sinners? Would there be some notorious sinners around your table? One of the things that God's been convicting me of is exactly that too. And, and I know that our inner circles, um, our, our best friends need to be people that are following the Lord, need to be people that are following Jesus. But if we don't have any notorious sinners and dishonest people around us, then are we really living like Jesus? Or then are we just producing a religious spirit among our friend group? where it's us four and no more. We're the frozen chosen. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and um, God's been convicting me of this. And so uh, one of the things that we've been doing is, is, is really just trying to go, okay, well, who do we know? And, and I go, Man, I don't know if my neighbors go to church at all. I don't know if they know the Lord at all. Um, but I know I have like just surface level conversations with them all the time as we're going in and out of our houses. And so the other day I just stopped and I was like, hey man, you know, uh, after I get back from vacation, we should really try to get together and, and do a barbecue. And, and the guy was like, yeah, man, I love that. Let's do that, you know? And, and, and I know that my neighbors are throwing some wild parties uh, occasionally on some Saturday nights. And there's a lot of people over there. And they're like, hey, man, you should come over. And, 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 and I'm like, um, uh, yeah, I, I should come over and I will come over. But we want to invite you to our house, too. I, I wonder if you think about your life. If, if, if you go, who do I know that certain people, certain religious people would say, oh, my gosh, do you see who they're hanging out with? Can you believe that they're hanging out with that person? And, and, and the scripture goes on to say that this raised concerns, concerns with the Jewish leaders and experts of the law. Indignant, they grumbled and complained, saying, look at how this man associates with all of these notorious sinners and welcomes them all to come to him. Are we willing to hang with notorious sinners and welcome them to the Jesus that we know? Let me say that again. Are we willing to hang with notorious sinners and welcome them? And, and, and welcome them to the Jesus that we know. I love that. I love that Jesus then has this response to these religious leaders, this religious spirit. Listen, if we're not welcoming every single person into this church, then that means that this church has a religious spirit. And the one thing that Jesus, that God despises, is this religious spirit of, of self-righteousness that thinks that we have it all together and then looks at other people and says, yeah, we have it all together, but you don't. That's why Jesus tells the story. There once was a shepherd with a hundred lambs, but one of his lambs wandered away and was lost. So the shepherd left the 99 lambs out in the open field and searched in the wilderness for that one lost lamb. I love that it says he searched in the wilderness. Have you ever been in a wilderness like, like a wilderness means that, it, I mean, it's thorny. It's got lots of weeds. You know, like you got to take your machete, your machete, your, 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 your knife, 
you know, out, your sword out, you know, and you got to be able to, you got to go chop those weeds down. Like you are creating the path in the wilderness. This is not like Radnor State Park that is so groomed and beautiful and, and all the trails are just so groomed for you to enjoy and for you to walk on. No, Jesus says that this guy actually, the sheep was in a wilderness and he had to go out into the wilderness to find the lost sheep. Let me ask you a question. Some of you would say, okay, well, um, I've invited all of my friends to church. I've invited all of the people that I know uh, to, to, to come to a small group. I've invi- I, I talked to people, all the people I know. Well, what about in the wilderness? Have you went out into the wilderness to look? The wilderness is, is, is the waiter that you just met, the, cash, the cashier at the grocery store, the, the, the person at the gym that you're standing right next to. You got to go out into the wilderness to find the one. Don't just settle and just go, okay, well, I'm only going to go where I'm comfortable to go and find the lost sheep. I bet it was really uncomfortable. It would have been really uncomfortable for the shepherd to go into the wilderness but there's a lot of things around him that he goes, I, you know, I, I don't know, but it, but, it, but it was worth it. Because there was one that was lost. So he went to the wilderness for that one lost lamb and he didn't stop until he found it. He didn't stop until he found it. He did not stop. Some of us give up so soon with people. We're like, well, you know, we invited them one time. They came. They didn't like it, you know, or, or I, I've talked to somebody about God. Uh, I, I, I knew that that person was lost. Um, I, and, I, and in fact, I, I searched for them. I found them. I had a conversation. But um, ultimately, you know, they just didn't want to come. They just didn't want, to, they just didn't want anything to do with God. They, they, it, it, you know, But what if you're one conversation away from breakthrough? What if the shepherd was just like, oh, man, I've been out here for hours in this wilderness. I haven't eaten. You know, like, I, I, I just, I'm just going to go back home. I'm, I'm just going to, like, leave this little lost lamb out there. Because do you know that there's people that are lost and they're scared to death right now? And they're going through personal hells right now. And we need to not give up. We need to keep on searching until we find them. Reminds me of a story from a mentor of mine. And, and he was telling this story one time. And he, and he said, um, one time I, I, I met this celebrity. And we had a very surface level conversation. But I didn't get his digits. Because ultimately I looked at him and I said, man, this guy's got his life together. Like, look at what he's driving. Look at his clothes. Like, why does he need me in his life? Like, he doesn't really need me in his life. You know, this was just a random uh, coincidence that we met anyways. And so, man, great. Hey, let's get the pic. Selfie. Boom. <laughs> and uh, they walked away. About two years later, he saw that same celebrity in an interview with someone. And, and this celebrity said that, that two years ago, and it was basically the same time frame that they had met, he said, two years ago in that time frame, I was the most depressed I'd ever been. I was thinking about killing myself every single day. See, on the outside, that guy looked like he had his life all together. 
And, and, and my mentor, he, he said, I missed out this opportunity that there was somebody that was lost and hurting. And, and, and I just looked at them as they were so successful and as that they had their whole entire life together. But on the inside, he was slowly dying. And I had the hope of Jesus in me to be able to, to go into that part and go, you don't have to have these suicidal thoughts. You don't have to have this depression. You don't like, I'm here. I want to search for you. I want to step into your world. But he didn't do it. Luckily, that guy's still there. Luckily, he found the help that he needed. But at the end of the day, imagine like there are people out there right now that need you to not stop looking for them. To go, I'm not going to stop. Jesus says that the shepherd did not stop. He said he kept searching until he found it. And then when he found it, with exuberant joy, he raised it up and placed it on his shoulders. He didn't scold the sheep. He didn't be like, I cannot believe you ran away. Look at you, sheep. Look at you. Look at the mess that you have made. Maybe you're in here today and you, you feel like you're that lost sheep. You're the one that just ran away. You're the one that's been out in the wilderness. And here's what I want to tell you, that, that God is searching for you. And he has never stopped searching for you and he never will. And when he finds you, that's what I love about Luke chapter 15, when he finds you, he isn't going to scold you. He isn't going to be mad at you. He, he isn't going to say to you, I cannot believe that you did that last week. I, how dare you? He's not there to condemn you. He wants to love you. He wants to give you his grace. He wants to celebrate the fact that you are now back into the place that you were always created to be, which is in his arms. It's in his arms. And he picks you up and, and he puts you on his shoulders. And, and with exuberant joy, it says, listen, with cheerful delight, with exuberant joy, he raised the sheep up and placed it on his shoulders and carrying it back with cheerful delight. Go, look, everybody returning home. He called all his friends, all his neighbors together and said, let's have a party. Let's party. Party rock is in the house tonight. Come on. Everybody's going to have a good time. That's what he's saying. He's going, we're having a good time tonight. We're going to come and celebrate. Let's celebrate. When's the last time that like when we see somebody or know somebody that was lost and has been found that we go out of our minds with excitement about that? So many people are so much more excited when uh, your football team or, or the, the USA women wins the world, you know, uh, the, the World Cup gets the gold medal and we're celebrating, we're posting on Twitter. Well, well, how come we're not doing that on Sunday mornings when we get, you know, done with church and we go, look, so-and-so gave their life to Jesus. So-and-so was lost. I brought them to Jesus today and now they are found. And look at what God is doing in my life. It's absolutely amazing. Let's celebrate. Let's throw a party. Party. That's what this place should be every Sunday. It should be a party. Yeah, it's going to be a place where we get into the, the presence of God. But it should be a party. It should be a celebration of God saving the lost. Because if there's no lost people that are really coming here, and it's just the frozen chosen, like I said earlier, then what are we doing? Like, like, what are we doing? That means we have a religious spirit. 
and not the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is a spirit that draws all men unto himself. But a religious spirit is a self-righteous spirit that draws all men to yourself. Jesus said, let's have a party. Jesus said, come and celebrate with me the return of my lost lamb. It wandered away, but I found it and brought it home. You will not be able to find Jesus on your own. He finds you right where you are. And he brings you home to where you were always supposed to be. Jesus then continued, in the same way there will be a glorious celebration in heaven over the rescue of one lost sinner who repents and comes back home and returns to the fold, more so than for all the righteous people who never strayed. You see, the 99 in the story represents all the people that thought that they knew God because he's telling the story to the religious elite, the Pharisees. And, and, and some of us all have a tendency to be a Pharisee sometimes, to think that we are righteous, to think that we did something to earn God's favor and grace. Look at how we study the Bible. Look at how we come to church. Look at how we pray. And look at all those nasty sinners out there. But he says, if that's your attitude, that you think you are righteous, there's more uh, celebration in heaven over one lost sheep who wandered away from the fold, who wandered away and went towards sin and went toward the things that we told them not to do, but then returns back home to God there's going to be a party in heaven for that one lost sheep who knows that she's broken who knows that he is having to go face down on his knees in humility before God and saying I'm not worthy for you to lift me up on your shoulders but you're the exact savior that I need and I recognize that I can't save myself because I'm out here lost in this wilderness. Wandering around on my own. And the only one that can pick me up and save me is you, Jesus. See, the rest of the, the sheep back home, they were like, oh, man, I can save myself. I've got the law. I've got Abraham. I've got Isaac. I've got my tradition. I've got my religious spirit. None of us are righteous, the Bible says, not one. That's why Jesus had to come and save. And, and if you have that religious spirit, then today is a day where you can repent of that religious spirit. Today is a day where you lay it all down and say, I'm, I'm tired of being a Pharisee. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of, of, of just trying to, to look good. You can't look good for God. He knows who you are. He sees everything that you do. He knows every motivation of your heart. That's what he said to the Pharisees. I know every single motivation of your heart. Your heart is far from me, even though the outside of the cup looks clean. The inside of the cup is so dirty. You need me way more than you know. But the fact that you can't see it is what blinds you. Are you blind today? 
I would ask that the Holy Spirit would come if that is you and you have this religious spirit, then, 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 then I would ask for the Holy Spirit to, to, to take the scales off of your eyes right now. And Holy Spirit, I pray for that person. And I pray that scales would fall off of their eyes and that they would begin to, 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 to really, maybe even for the first time, not accept religion, but accept you, accept your love. And that you would then pick them up and champion them on your shoulders. And parade them around and say, look, that which was lost is now found. Or maybe you're the sheep in the story that wandered away. And you've been hiding behind this bush because you don't know where else to go. You don't want to expose yourself to anybody else. And little do you know that the Savior, right where you are in that vulnerable position, where you're scared, where you're frightened, that the Savior is coming right around the corner saying, I'm here to take you home. And would you just return to him today? Return to his arms? Return to the place you were always supposed to be? Let him take you and parade you and call all of his friends and say, we're having a party because that which was lost is now found.